Let's read some scripture. Is that all right? We read some scripture this morning, and we are in church, so, you know, (laughs) we don't, you know, you shouldn't be surprised if we talk a little bit or a lot about Jesus, you know, and we talk about the Holy Spirit, and we talk about, you know, God the Father, and the work uh, that, you know, uh, the whole book is about. So, um, uh, you know, Just a passage, and there's just so many scriptures that we could reference, but this is where I want to start this morning. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. How many know who that is? Okay, good. I won't tell you. Because you And he said to them, they have and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter. And came to the tomb first. He'd be someone that you'd want on your relay team. (laughs) Yeah. All right. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there. Yet he did not go in. Now that is Peter that's stooping down and looking in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen clothes lying there. The handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. He saw and believed. Such is the reading of God's word today. I want to start, if I might, with the tomb. All right. The tomb you're no doubt familiar with was, but was hewn out of a rock. Now, many of those tombs of that day were uh, dug out of the ground and they were lined with individual stones, and which made it possible for the grave robbers to, you know, could dig into those graves and to steal. Because oftentimes there was riches, you know, things for the future life that was placed with them. And they would, you know, rob the graves. You know, it wasn't they weren't interested in the body. They wanted that which had accompanied the body in, in the burial. Uh, and, uh, but that's not the case with the tomb of Jesus. Tomb of Jesus is a tomb that was hewn out of a rock. Not in the ground and rock lined. The 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 cork type stone or the stone that was there was cork type. It was more in the shape of a cork. The geologists tell us and the scientists tell us, uh, and it was the weight of a small car. So we are dealing with, you know, uh, something significant. And when it says they rolled the stone away, the, 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 the uh, Greek word 
actually means they dislodged it. They dislodged it. And why do we say that? Because uh, of the 900 tombs that the archaeologists have had dug up, they found out that only four of those tombs had what they call the disc stone, which could be rolled. Okay? And so this was not a stone that could be rolled. It had to be dislodged. And uh, uh, those four uh, tombs that they found with the, with the disc type, you know, uh, only those in royalty and extremely wealthy, uh, you know, uh, was part of, they, they had that particular type. And then at, this, at the tomb, there was a guard set. Obviously, they had heard what, how Jesus said that he would rise again the third day. And, and so, uh, in fear of that, they went ahead and, to Pilate and requested of them to secure the tomb. And because uh, their disciples might come and steal him away. And uh, so, he, they got permission to secure the tomb. Now, in the securing the tomb, it was not just merely a guard sitting there, although the guard was there. The Roman seal was placed upon the tomb, and the authority then of the Roman government stood behind that, and anyone that would have been caught tampering with that seal, you know, the punishment for that was death. And so, you know, it wasn't a light thing and uh, should scare most people off. Amen? So the Roman seal. And then, of course, at this time, there was also the earthquake that you're familiar with. A violent earthquake happened and the events of the, the lightning in the countenance of that of that guard or that angel that came down uh, created quite a fear in the guard himself to to such a such a point that they became like dead men. Now they weren't faking it, you know. They passed out. They lost it, you know. Uh, I when I thought about it, I thought about those fainting goats, you know. <laughs> They can be there and then boom, they just flop, you know. Well, I don't know, but I'm, it was probably something like that, you know, when such an occasion uh, happened there. And then as the passage of Scripture we read, it was the wrapped linen, which is very significant uh, in the, uh, uh, the element of it. And uh, so the... Uh, the way that they would, you know, wrap the body, you've seen many pictures. They would wrap it in the cloths and put the spices, and those spices would harden, and it was more like a cocoon that was around the body uh, than just, you know, soft tissue, uh, so to speak. And uh, they would wrap the body all the way up and then they would be it would be a separate linen you know around the head and so there's a unique thing about it as and you've 
probably all know this, but just a reminder this morning that that Mary Magdalene, when she saw the stone was rolled away and thought the body had been been stolen, and she, you know, uh, went and began to tell people, and they, her response was that the body is has been stolen. But then we see that John, you know, when he looks in there, he has a completely different response. You'll notice that it says, he went inside, he saw, and he believed. So what was it that was so paramount to him? What did he notice that caused him to recognize that the body wasn't stolen. It actually had supernaturally left the wrappings of its burial. The scripture says that the linens were just in perfect place as though someone had been in them, but yet no one was in them. Now, they said that the only way that you could, you know, get a body out of that was if you went ahead and, you know, cut it from top to bottom and split it open. So, John is seeing something in the work of the linen and the the wrapping. Jesus exited that tomb wrapping without disturbing meticulously leaving it lay where the head was it was laying there now you don't have a trouble I'm sure this morning believing in the resurrection. But, you know, it's kind of nice to know that there's some phenomenal events that happened uh, in this resurrection of Jesus, Jesus Christ. And so what I want to talk about this morning and help us to be able to see by God's grace is that the tomb was transformed to a womb. The tomb was in the first place for death, but it was also designed for life. Because that is the purpose of womb. The grave is the end of life. The womb is the beginning of life. So we'll look this morning and see what was born from that womb. What was it? What is about it that, you know, this is God's womb for abundant life. 
that which is sown in desperation or hopelessness is raised in life and hopeless or and hope. The tomb was the end of the old and the beginning of the new. Not just old covenant, but the end of the old life and the beginning of the new life. You see, God has wombs. God has the womb of the morning. God has what he spoke to Nicodemus about, the womb of the new birth. Job tells us that God has a womb for the storms. Yes, the womb. I think it's interesting in Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus that he points out this fact. You must be born. You've got to have a womb of water and of, of spirit. So the womb, or excuse me, the tomb becomes the womb giving birth to eternal life for all mankind. Yes, that word seed or seed word, however you want to frame it, was in the body of Christ when he was in that grave because Psalm 16 says, my flesh shall rest in hope for you shall not leave my soul in hell nor allow your holy one to see corruption. So we know who we're talking about here. What is going on is the end of something and the beginning of, of something. The old had to die before the new could be born. First the natural, then the spiritual. The tomb becomes the womb of new life. See, death didn't come out of the tomb. Life came out of the womb. Oh, hallelujah. The ways of new life lead through the tomb. The cross, the death, the burial, and of course, then the empty tomb. Praise the name of the Lord. New life. Let me connect something here for you this morning that I noticed. This is 
on the subject, but it's not about, you know, the event that took place, but it's connected to the event that took place. The significance of water baptism. The scripture says that, according to Romans chapter 6, a water baptism is both a tomb and a womb. We are buried with him in baptism. Therefore, we shall also rise to walk in the newness of life. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's not just, you know, a symbol of, of you know, some religious order. It is, you know, a process in our life of that death, burial, and resurrection. So we shall walk in the newness or the resurrection life. The Apostle Paul said, this resurrection life so drew him, and he, he understood it to such a degree that he reached for it with intensity. He said, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. A developing process, just like any birth is. It has a growth curve to it. Yes. So, this tomb, this empty tomb, is a womb. Jesus has planted life. Jesus has left the seed of life so that everyone that touches him that seed of life is planted and takes root and comes forth. The enemy loves to keep you in the tomb. The enemy wants to keep you in the cave. And his purpose is to try and Destroy your destiny. But the good news is that Jesus came to turn your cave, to turn your tomb into the new things that the new life talks about and experienced. So what does this womb birth, what does it give us? It gives us an opportunity for a new destiny. Yes. You see, our destinies are bound up in another. We are, our destiny is either bound up in Adam or in Christ. Now look at what the destiny of Adam is. In Adam, all die. In Christ, all are made 
live. If any man be in Christ, he is a new. Oh, hallelujah, there again is the womb. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Yes. When you come to the cross and you see the significance of the cross and the tomb and discover the tomb is empty because a new life has been brought from the ashes of the old. Oh, hallelujah. Without the resurrection, the Apostle Paul says, you're still in your sins. You're guilty. But in Jesus Christ, the old has passed away and everything is become a fresh start. The developing of that new life that was in the new womb. The womb of of God. Think about it. Yes. The message this morning is there is a new womb. A new womb. What is the message that we get from this new womb? And that is there is hope in hopeless situations. This empty tomb unleashes the unstoppable power and purpose of Jesus Christ. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The thief comes but to steal. Steal what? Your abundant life. Your destiny. In fact, it's Peter that says this. He says, according to his abundant mercy, he has begotten us. How many know that's a womb? To a living hope. It's not just a hope after the grave. It's a hope for everyone that's come out of the grave. We die to sin, but we live to the Lord. I hope I'm making sense this morning. It gives us hope in the present. And it gives us hope for the future. Future meaning after the natural has given away. And the supernatural comes into play. What I found interesting too is that 
in this new life of Christ that we all get to heaven at the same time. That is your body and my body. We get there with our spirit and our soul. But our bodies get to heaven at the same time. We talk about what an amazing reunion. Because Paul wrote in, the Thess- in, in Thessalonians, I don't want you ignorant, brethren, of this. You shall not proceed those that sleep. For the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to gather in the clouds of glory. Think about it. I don't know all the particulars, you know, of soul and spirit in that realm. But body has always been part of the overall plan of God. How many got here because of a body? Right? Yeah. The, the, the whole dynamic of Jesus' coming is what? For the purpose of giving him a body. Couldn't be a crucifixion without a body. Couldn't be a resurrection without a body. And so this new womb says that there's a family reunion that's coming. We're all going to arrive at the same time in our bodies. I believe that the resurrection life speaks about us cashing in our personal life for eternal life. Yes. Buried with him, but risen with him. The empty tomb is a heavenly receipt that the asking price has been met and it validates the work of Christ. If he is not risen, then everything that was said is invalid. The cross made the payment, but the resurrection is the receipt that verifies the legitimacy of the cross. The debt has been paid. We celebrate it. Yes, we do. We celebrate it. We walk in justification and sanctification. But when we experience that transformation from the natural to the spiritual, now I'm talking about the actual event of this mortal putting on immortality, then we will experience the glorification. Yes. How do we know that? Well, number of scriptures. But Jesus said this. 
as he was finishing up his ministry on earth, he said, Father, glorify me now with the glory that I had with you in the beginning. So there's a season and time that that element is missing, but then there is a moment in time when that is brought back into play in our lives. Hallelujah. It's the planting of the tree of life. That tree of life that we read in Genesis that was available and then was off base, out of bounds, now has been opened up. When we talk about mortality, I'm looking at it. You're looking at it. But then immortality. This mortal should put on immortality. And this corruptible shall put on incorruption. The tomb gave way to the womb of immortality. The immortality is not independent of your body. Immortality has everything to do with your body. Oh, praise the Lord. You may be this morning experiencing a grave, a situation that the enemy would love to hold you captive in. One of the captivities, it says that the grave wants to hold you in, you know what I mean, is the dominance of your self-life. The dominance of, you know, the power of sin. What is sin? What is the power of sin? It's just merely the transgression of God's laws. And it's actually not just a transgression of God's laws, it's a transgression of God's love. Because all the law was written in love. Yes. So, you know, the mighty womb that brought forth Abundant life and eternal life has an amazing effect on us. Number one, it is a converting power. It converts us. It changes us. It instills in us. It gives us hope. Outside of Jesus Christ, it says we don't have any hope, even though we're in the world. If you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Savior, he gives us an invitation. You can live in the world. You can be in the world. You can walk through the world. But you have 
no real living hope. Paul wrote that in Ephesians, you know, chapter 2, verse 12. Imagine no hope. Why do people feel the way that they do? Why does depression, you know, in the, the world of, of medications spend billions because people don't have hope? They don't know it. They don't see it as that. They're not excited about life. They don't see any future. They're living without hope. But the one thing about this life that came forth from the, from the womb is that it is a triumphing life. It's a conquering life. It's not a life that gets overcome. It's a life that overcomes. In fact, as David said this, as he faced it, why are you cast down on me, old soul? Why are you in that state? Hope in God. The revival of hope. Amen. It is that stimulant, it is that, it is that, uh, 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 well, it's that new life. Remember when we wrote Psalms there, my soul shall rest in hope. We are perplexed. We can be cast down. We can even not understand. But... We are not overcome. We are overcomers. Our cave will not become our grave. Our cave will become our womb from which there is brought forth the victorious life of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so it is a converting power. It is a conquering power. He conquered the grave. So you and I can conquer our graves. Yes. We're more than conquerors through Christ has that Loved us. And he's saying that there's no storm, there's no valley, there's no attack, there's no need which God cannot handle. What you may be experiencing in a devastating fact in your life, a trial or a test that you're going through, it is just a womb. Come on, church. It seems like a grave. But it's being transformed into a womb. The future is in the womb. 
the destiny that was planned from the beginning. It may go through a grave, but God's plan is that it comes out with new life and new hope. As my musicians come this morning, we need to walk into that grave again and look at the grave clothes. There's been a supernatural. And just like as Christ was raised from the dead, so shall his spirit, or does your spirit quicken your mortal bodies? Or you get all that strength from? From that same spirit when the spirit changes us it's not going to be mortal it's going to be immortal but the spirit has the power and the ability to quicken your mortal how many are mortal You're all mortal. <laughs> and until, you know, we walk through the grave and out the other side, we won't really know immortality. But we can know the power of the Spirit, you know, in our mortal bodies. Four years. I went through health issues. Now, this is my testimony. Yours don't have to be just like this, nor do line, should you line yourself up like it. You know what I mean? But four years, I went through health issues. And just one right after the other, it seemed like. And then, you know, almost the stone being slid over my cave. And the doctor gave me a report about my leukemia. I was in a cave. And the enemy was doing his best to keep the stone in there. Of course, I began to include the church in prayer and prayer team and people all over. And get to the end of the story is in the last year. That stone has been dislodged. 
Amen. Seriously, from the, 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 the natural thing, from the onset of the declaration of what I had to the finished result of it was to be five years. It's tough to have a death sentence of five years. But no, let's remove the stone because there's a womb. There's a womb in every one of your caves. It's not meant to be the end. It's meant to birth something new. Whether it is in whatever area, but anyway, it births a fresh new relationship with the Lord. It brings a fresh, greater anointing into your life. See, when Jesus entered that tomb, he definitely was anointed. But when he came out, hallelujah, there was a fullness, an expansion, a release of that anointing. I was at a point where physically I, it was tough just to function. My body didn't have it. Even my spirit had fallen to where it seemed like it wasn't willing anymore. It had fought it long enough. But I walked in and I saw the grave clothes. I saw them. If he can do that, he can do this. I'm not telling you my story, you know, for your sympathy. I'm telling you my story that it is a womb of life that God can transform the tomb or the grave. Something that is a grave is something that looks grave. Yes. But there's a triumphing power you stand with me this morning and as you leave this house and you go with your family and you celebrate let it be more than just that which has been prepared 
on the table or on the stoves of your homes. Let there be a fresh insight of thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Hallelujah. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why? Because the stone is rolled away. Amen. In what had been death in the tomb is now life from the womb. Amen. That is God's womb. Are you hearing me today? Amen. It is God's womb. And he's bringing life from it. Amen. You know... Don't get so caught up and focused on your grave that you miss the resurrection that's planned for your grave. Amen? Amen. Go with God and he's going with you. Praise God. God bless you. Anoint you today in Jesus' name.